Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm from Cornerstone Baptist Church here in Leeds. Going to read today from John chapter 1 and verses 1 to 14. Very well-known verses to many people which really chime with this season of Advent. Before we come to this reading, let's just pause and ask for God's help in prayer. Lord, today we rejoice in your love. We rejoice that you are in Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord. We rejoice that the Holy Spirit is with us. Lord, so many things to make our hearts sing We pray that we would come to you with empty hands and open hearts today. And Lord, that you would fill our hands and our hearts with good things from your word. Good and gracious God, speak to us now. We turn from our sin and we turn to you. We don't want our hearts and minds to be cluttered with anything that would get in the way. And so, Lord, take away our sin and our rebellion. Take away the distractions. Clear away the clutter. O Lord, we ask that we might focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, John 1, and beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives lights to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow, what a a reading that is. Every verse, every phrase is pregnant with meaning, and there are so many things that we could comment on. 
What has provoked this reading and this reflection today is actually the reading and reflection from yesterday, which I entitled Marks or Mary, and when we looked at the truly revolutionary nature of the Magnificat. This, it seems, is a very good follow-on from that, and I hope to be able to explain that to you in this reflection. The key focus for today is verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus came and tabernacled among us. He reached out to us and more than reaching out, he came down to us. God came to us in the person of his son. He took on human flesh. He embraced our frailty and he tabernacled among us. Shows his love and commitment to us. Eugene Peterson puts it like this. The word moved into our neighbourhood. What a fresh way of expressing it that is. God's son, God himself, the one who was there at the very creation of the world, came to us and lived among us, tabernacled among us, moved into our neighbourhood. And it shows God's commitment to, if you like, ministry among the poor, ministry among people like us. It's even more wonderful when we think of how Jesus came, not to a palace, but to a filthy stable, not to a nation that was recognised at that time, in the world, but to a far-flung outpost of the Roman Empire and to ordinary people, to shepherds, to Mary, to Joseph. He was born and lived among the poor. Such is his love. We receive this today. We rejoice that this is for us. And that's a a wonderful part of the application. But where I, I really want to go with this is to say that that incarnation, as we call it, is also a pattern for us. We follow the one who came to us and lived among us, the one who didn't remain at a distance shouting at us through a megaphone, but the one who was up close and personal, who was with us. And we are to reflect that in our ministry to others. Again, not shouting at people at a distance from a loud hailer, but getting as close as we can and loving as well as we can, sharing the gospel by word and by deed and by presence. I want to give two historical examples that just highlight this as we bring this reflection to a close. One is, in a sense, a negative example, and one is a positive one. In the 19th century, there was much outreach in contemporary Britain, and many evangelicals, many gospel Christians, and I would count myself among this group 100%, gave themselves in mission and ministry. They worked among the poor. They worked with prostitutes. They worked in some of the slum areas of London and other cities. 
But what a number of them did was this. This isn't everyone, but this is some. It tended to be a sort of hit-and-run ministry and mission. The evangelicals would live in the suburbs, they would live in the more well-to-do parts of a city or a town, and they would travel in to do ministry and mission to the harder areas, the places where they were, the slum houses, the back-to-backs, the places where there was terrible poverty, where there was crime, where there was danger, rat-infested houses, cockroaches, cholera, you name it, it was there. And yes, bravely, these people went into those areas, but then they came out again. They went in and then they withdrew to suburbia. That's one model of mission, and I don't want to be judgmental at all because such good work was done, good and gospel work. But there is another model, and it was another model that was picked up in the 19th century. And actually, it comes from a branch of the church that wouldn't be my natural home. High church clergymen, the so-called slum priests, part of the Anglo-Catholic revival in the Church of England. If you don't know about the history, you might or you might not want to go and look it up. But the basic thing for today is that these guys combined a high church spirituality, so lots of bells and smells, with a real incarnational ministry among the poor. And for them, it wasn't hit and run. This is the point. They lived amongst the people. And so there might have been a cholera epidemic in a particular area. These guys had their houses, their vicarages, right next to where the cholera was breaking out. And they didn't move, but they ministered among the poor. They ministered among the sick at great personal risk and indeed great personal cost. They incarnated the gospel. They lived in their neighbourhoods. They didn't withdraw at night or in the evening. They went out. They sought to meet people where they were. They loved people up close and personal. I want to say that both forms of mission, both the 19th century evangelical mission and the high church slum priest mission, both of them are great. Both of them God blesses. God uses what we give to him, however imperfect it is, however small. But the best model, the Jesus model, the model that reflects best what we see happening here in John 1 is the model of the slum priests Not hit-and-run mission, but incarnational mission, up close and personal, with the poor, with the broken, with the hurting, not just at particular times, but all the time. This is Jesus' model. May he help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to press into this and to live it out in the days that lie ahead. Let's pray together. Lord, once again, we lift before you the poor in our cities and in our towns and in the countryside, those who are struggling economically, especially in this season of Advent, with all the pressure that there is to buy expensive presents, to be 
with the consumerist, materialist agenda. Lord, people are under such pressure and we pray that you would bring relief to the hard-pressed single mother, to the man who has just been made redundant from their job, to the asylum seeker who is without a home. Lord, all of these and many more we lift before you in prayer. Lord, help us. Lord, help us not only to pray, but also to act. Show us what incarnational mission means for us and help us to press into this in the power of the Spirit to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.